Coming up on the WAC Podcast, it's our first Get to Know Week. This week, it's Southern Utah. We talk with Interim Director of Athletics, Todd Brown, in our second segment. Plus, the Board of Directors met recently in the Western Athletic Conference, and a lot of news came out of that. We'll talk about that. And we have some All-Americans in track and field as 21-22 has officially ended. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Welcome to the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner, along with Kendra Sheehan. Uh, Kendra, it's summertime, but that does not mean the news cycle necessarily stops here in the Western Athletic Conference. Our board of directors met last week, and several items came out of that meeting that... uh, might have some uh, interesting uh, takes from people on it. Yeah, yeah. No, summer does not mean a slowdown at the WAG here. But I think the biggest takeaway, what you'll see from our board meeting, was that the uh, the board approved that transitioning schools are now eligible to participate in all conference championships. So that those are schools like Tarleton and Utah Tech, which would affect this year. They're actually in their third year of transition. Normally they'd have to wait four years before being able to participate in WAC championships. And now they get to uh, they get to participate right away. And that's kind of something that Commissioner Thornton has been pushing. He wrote a letter to the NCAA um, because, you know, four years is, is really a long time for transitioning schools at least that's how people are viewing it now right i'm not putting my opinion on it but in the past i think part of the reason that four-year transition was put in place is it would take four years for schools to be d1 ready we're not seeing that anymore right we didn't see that with the grand canyon didn't see it with california baptist we also saw utah tech tarleton both would have made the fields in several tournaments this year had they been eligible so they take the the governor off, if you will. Uh, I don't know if you've ever driven a truck with a governor. You can only go to a certain no. miles per hour <laughs> on it. If you drive a U-Haul, okay. it only goes up like 55. Anyway, no more in the whack. So these schools will, will now be eligible for conference championships. Still at this point, not eligible for NCAA championships. Right. But they can win the tournaments. We saw this happen in basketball. This was the first sport in which transitioning schools were allowed to play california baptist in their third year wins the WAC women's basketball tournament california baptist this year in baseball utah tech this year in baseball would have both qualified for the tournament which would have meant new mexico state would not i have know been in it. that's the craziest part <laughs> about this whole thing <laughs> so new mexico state winds up winning the tournament and goes to the NCAAs, nearly knocks off Oregon State in the first round. They would not have had that uh, opportunity. Their season would have been over. at the same time, I mean, what, what were they, 10 and 20 in the league? Yeah. So you can make that argument, too. Where, you know, obviously they won when it counted. But, uh, yeah. you know, you're taking away opportunities potentially from transitioning schools. And, and you know, is that fair? Probably not. So yeah. that, was, that was a big takeaway, and this was approved by the board as well. So basketball these uh, utah tech and tarleton would have been eligible anyway this year but now you had men's soccer women's soccer volleyball softball baseball uh they were already competing in track and field cross country swimming and diving those sports but now they uh, they can compete for white championships in all sports yeah no very exciting 
very exciting for our league. And we did see a lot of support, of course, from um, our division, our transitioning schools. But other things that was uh, that took place at this board meeting. It was approved a strategic plan for men's and women's basketball that implements innovative scheduling. So that's both in and out of conference play. And also we'll have a uh, bigger whack basketball tournament. So opening round games will once again be at Michelob Ultra Arena, which is where we played the first round this past year. And then they'll move to the Orleans Arena, but it is expanding to 12 teams. So more teams, more fun, more madness in Vegas. More whack Vegas, definitely. So we will have four games on Monday, four games on Tuesday, four games on Wednesday. What that means for the staff is a lot of Red Bull. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, uh, you know, watching basketball I mean, it's not working in a coal mine. No. Last time I checked. So very yeah. exciting news there. It is there. fun. It is fun. And, and it fun. will add to the madness, as you said. And and if people get a chance to go to WAG Vegas, we, we like to call it that. But it's also Pac-12 is going on. Mountain West is going on. Big West is going on. It's it's part of a scene, and, and it's unlike any other in the country. And that's really the, the center of college basketball that week and we are right in the middle of it so it's a lot of fun yeah and i mean on top of that you're in vegas too so you are i mean <laughs> we might not get to we, see the biggest nightlife we might be on 5 a.m flights if you will yeah never again <laughs> <laughs> but uh no it's a lot of fun if you get a chance to go to that and, and you mentioned the uh the scheduling piece of that and we had commissioner thornton on earlier this year yes. talking about the wild card week and and potentially trying to do something there with other conferences and where, where they would play, you know, the number one team in the WAC plays the n- number one team from another conference in February as opposed to playing them in uh, November. You know, yeah. that way you have an idea which teams are competing to, to f- play in the NCAA tournament. So that seems like a lot of fun, too, if you have a depending on how that goes. So we'll see, um, you know, as I, I know, J- Drew Spira, our associate commissioner for basketball, working hard on that along with Commissioner Thornton to to uh, see if we can get that, not just in the WAC, but around the country. Yeah, because that would be, you know, an opportunity for uh, mid-major programs to, you know, potentially become two-bid leagues if, you know, like building, building their resume. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you play another another top team from another conference. It could add well to the resume at that time. But other things that were talked about were, uh, once again, the WAC will work with the ASUN. So that will be for football, and that will give us an automatic qualifier for the FCS playoffs. Very exciting there. And also the 2023 WAC Swimming Diving Championships, the host site, was announced. That, that will be at UTRGV. That will be in the, the city of Far, Texas, a yeah. brand new aquatic facility. And UTRGV will be adding the sport of swimming and diving in the future. They don't have it this year, uh, but that is something on their radar that they will be adding, a, and obviously with a brand new how uh, interesting. As I'm told, a very nice facility yeah. uh, that they will have access to as well. New Mexico State it was approved as an affiliate member of the sport uh, as they will be leaving the WAC in all other sports, but they will remain a member in women's swimming and diving starting in 23-24. Also, uh, the board voiced support for an external committee uh, made up of ADs and administrators that will have oversight of marketing and external relations, basically a strategic vision of the league Moving forward, as we've had so many changes in the past year, especially, but in the last five years, if you really look at it, from when I joined the WAC uh, 
only a handful of schools still around uh, from that time. So the, the league has really uh, made a transition into a football league, into a lot of schools in, in Texas and Utah now. So um, that, that'll be interesting as well to see as we're rebranded or, or what becomes out of that. Yeah, no, and we'll have – they appointed a few more people to the chair. So we have Utah Valley's Dr. Astrid Tuminez will serve as the chair of the executive committee, and then California Baptist President Dr. Ron Ellis was elected vice chair. So There, there were also some uh, promotions within the Ooh! staff announced after this meeting. And Who that, got promoted? We, we see Kendra Sheehan. Oh, my, that's me. Our very own has been promoted to assistant director of digital media or digital communications and slash reporter because we all because you are a reporter at i heart. am a reporter you have you ask the tough questions i do ask the tough questions jamie boggs from gcu said that you do yeah so i mean and you let's you talk know, about you hey. you got uh welcome to the associate commissioner position hey all right uh congratulations Associate Commissioner Communications, you'll have additional oversight responsibilities. You'll be overseeing media relations, marketing, in addition to broadcasting. Huge role for you oh, to tackle man. on. You excited? No, super excited about it. And uh, as we mentioned, you know, with a, a new uh, leadership group in place now in the WAC, uh, led by Brian Thornton yep. and uh, Patrick Colbert, um, you know, just very exciting to be on, on the ground floor of, of what I think is going to be a very exciting few years in the whack. Yeah, very excited to be a part of it, to uh, continue to work with this wonderful conference. I've only been here for about nine months, eight months, and it's been a blast. <laughs> already have so. a promotion. I mean, yeah, right? That's but just, you do a great <laughs> job, and you well-deserved. And also, Ismail Cagone is the Assistant Director of Sports Administration and Championships. Ismail filled in a few times on the WAC podcast here oh. while we were uh, waiting for Kendra to, to come over. Oh, that's right. That's right. I had big shoes to fill when I had to take over his spot because, you know. Well, literally, because he's got like size 13 yeah. shoes. <laughs> well, literally <laughs> and figuratively. But, you know, hey, the 2021-22 seasons season over yeah. – and we have some, you know, final awards for we have some all Americans in track and field. So let me do the track and field, then I'll let you get to the baseball here. How's that sound? Uh yeah. We're editing on the fly here. We're producing as we speak. As we the rundown speak. I received was top notch. The track Ooh. and field all Americans, Clayton Frisch gets second place from Sam Houston, the pole vaulter. He uh, went in at he had the best pole vault of the year. Going into the championships, gets second place. Fantastic performance there. Also, uh, Branson Ellis from Stephen F. Austin places fifth in the pole vault. Okay. So, uh, who's tougher in the pole vault than the whack? I guess nobody. Nobody. Second and fifth in the country. Remember, we're going against the Power Fives. We're going against everybody in that uh, outdoor track and field championship in Eugene, Oregon. Also, and if, you know, Clayton Frisch, get over to our Instagram. We yeah. did a whack all access with him a few weeks ago. And you so. talked about his mullet. Yeah, the mullet, <laughs> and that's that's his thing. And so he didn't shave it yet, right? Oh, no. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe he did after the. Maybe after, but no. Yeah. But I th still think so, there's some USA championships, things like that, that he had qualified for. So he might, might keep, keep the mullet. He's probably going to keep it for a while. Uh, the decathlon. Also had two All-Americans with Asani Hilton from <coughs> Stephen F. Austin and J.J. Ply 
of Abilene Christian. So Asani takes sixth, JJ takes eighth in the decathlon. So again, another we're on the podium. Lock. Two guys on the podium there. And in the shot put, Anina Brandenburg of Abilene Christian, the WAC champion, placed eighth in the country. So she's also on the podium. Well, congratulations to all our wonderful athletes that represented the WAC and earned some honors. We, on the other hand, for baseball, we have a freshman All-American, and that is Grand Canyon's Daniel Avitia. And he was our pitcher of the year and our freshman of the year, so not a huge surprise that he lands on the All-American team for the freshman. So he um, he was, of course, a draft pick by the Cubs, and bright things ahead for Daniel Avitia as we move forward. Yeah, he was the one. So his brother yes. is also – he's a coach now. And um, so they, they grew up right around in Phoenix, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering, yes, correctly. All the stories kind of jumbled together after, you know, you take a break. Um, and, and they would grow up playing. And, and the, what I remember distinctly about them would be they – when if they didn't have baseballs, they would squeeze water bottles together – and wrap tape around them, and they would call it tape ball. That's, and I mean, that, look at that. That's an amazing story. <laughs> I can't <laughs> tell if that's sarcasm or not. <laughs> no, but what? I mean, it's uh, their dad actually helped build uh, Grand Canyon's baseball stadium because mm-hmm. he worked for a construction company. So the family's just all, you know, and uh, head coach Andy Stankowitz had said, you know, usually, you know, kids who are local, they don't always want to stay local. They kind of want to go and, and explore and expand. But these guys were so – they wanted to stay close home. They have such that, you know, family base there in Phoenix that uh, – but, yeah, so very cool for him. And he, he obviously had a tremendous freshman year, and he'll have a tremendous couple years uh, to come, I'm sure. And we had a baseball academic All-American from Tarleton as Camuel Thomas Rivera earned second team honors. And how about a Cosida Academic All-America team in Carly Nance for softball? Carly Nance, and she was, I believe, graduating this year as well. I think uh, she may have been an She's academic. The f- first Red Hawk ever to earn such an honor. Yeah, third team All-American, Academic All-American, a WAC Player of the Year. Uh, she was just as impressive in the classroom as she was on the field. She completed her master's degree in crime analysis so interesting we'll csi that. yeah yeah might have to have her on a uh whack all access yeah, see, see, mm-hmm. see what we got going on there maybe maybe well that does it for this segment uh when we come back we're going to talk about southern utah university as we said this is get to know you week and this week we get to know the thunderbirds and we'll talk with todd brown interim director of athletics next on the whack podcast Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner along with Kendra Sheehan. We're now talking Southern Utah University with the Interim Director of Athletics, Todd Brown, who joins us on the show. Todd, how are you doing today? Todd, I'm doing all right. You know, it's a little bit of drinking from the fire hose with all the meetings <laughs> and trying to get up to speed, but I'm doing all right. Yeah, nothing like getting uh, th- thrown right into it, but 
I mean, uh, of anybody who, who might know Southern Utah, it, it's you, Todd. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. I know you, you graduated from there and, and kind of how you uh, came to this position of being the interim AD. Well, it's, it's, I'll try and make it short because it is long, but born and raised here in Cedar City uh, as a child had an affinity for Southern Utah University and athletics and something my parents kind of ingrained in us, just a love for it. And that always kind of stuck with me. Um, and really it's shaped every aspect of me uh, sitting here one day watching a basketball game a couple of years into college thinking, what do I want to do? Thinking, well, maybe I want to be a physical therapist and someone got hurt and the athletic trainer went out and I'm like, well, that doesn't look too bad. So went down and had a conversation. And next thing you know, finishing up an athletic training degree here, uh, headed to Ohio University to grab a master's and then went to the University of Pacific after that to work for a, you know, a great mentor of mine that I still have great admiration for, Chris Pond. Um, and from there, just, you know, life kind of comes at you sometimes. And the wife and I sat down one day and a couple of positions opened up back here in Cedar City and we made the decision to come back. Um, and since then, it's just been a love for Southern Utah and working through things through athletic training and administration and uh, just finally got to a point where, you know, the president uh, Benson has put her trust in me to lead us through this transition and uh, grateful to her and feel that I have a lot of experience that can help in some areas that maybe we need a little help or a little bit of a push in. And certainly you mentioned your background, obviously being familiar with the area in the university. How does that help as you kind of tackle on this new role where you have a ton of familiarity with the university and you you've supported the university and you've been around it to to kind of guide them through this transition? I think one of the things is just knowing what the community expects from our athletic department, that that's not going to take me a lot of time to figure out and try and figure out where the key points are. That's already there. Uh, people will feel free to speak their mind and know that it's not going to hurt my feelings and that we can still work past and, and through things. So I feel that sets probably a, an easier way to lead it through is I can help manage the community side and easing their fears as well as easing the coaches fears and helping a transition that, that goes on. Cause we, as you know, we have a presidential search going on right now. Uh, that always puts coaches and, and administrators in a, a little bit of an uncomfortable position. And with an interim AD, you know, it just amps it up a little. So hopefully I can provide some calming and soothing uh, tones that will help them feel a little bit more comfortable with things. And at the same time, lead us in a direction that lets them know we're still moving forward and we're not taking steps back. Well, Southern Utah officially becomes a member of the WAC on July 1st, so just a few weeks here, but the announcement was made back last January, and it was along with the uh, four Texas schools who were coming in at the same time and Southern Utah. We had a big press conference down in Houston. As far as Southern Utah, the other four schools actually entered this past year and have a year under their belts in the WAC. How has Southern Utah kind of ramped up or prepped uh, for joining the WAC uh, coming over from the big sky? That's a great question. And, and after this podcast, I jump right into a meeting where I've got all the people <laughs> and the players together where we're going to sit down and really make sure that we've got every aspect of that ironed out. You know, having made the trans been here when we made the transition from the Summit League to the Big Sky, that gave us a little bit of familiarity with things that go on and an understanding that not every conference operates the same. And so we need to make sure that we as administrators take care of all those aspects that we take care of so that the coaches can do what they need to. Um, having just taken a family on vacation, all the people planning trips, you know, this is a new ball game for them. We usually there's some familiarity with, Hey, here's our conference. Here's where we go. Here's what we do. 
this is all new. So I think my task, one of them, is to make sure that this transition is done in a way that we don't add undue or unneeded stress to the coaches and the staff as they try and deal with the changes that are facing them. Now, you'll join Utah Tech, Utah Valley already in the conference. Was that a big push to join the WAC, that you'll have more of these in-state rivalries, or what made Southern Utah University feel like the WAC was the perfect fit? You know, there were lots of discussions. I wasn't in, involved in the, the ultimate ones that led to that decision, but some of those, some of them were that, that we were going to be able to have more regional play. Uh, we would have some built-in natural alliances, things where some of those competition bases are there. And, and some view those as pros, some view them as cons. It all depends on where you're at and who you talk to. But I think there was just uh, one of the things that I felt really was a driving force from our president at the time and, and director of athletics was a camaraderie with institutions who are of like mind and thought as we're moving forward. And well, that was we, really what drove it. Oh, sorry, Todd. We, we know that there's already a built-in rivalry with Utah Tech, with the two schools, what, about 40 miles apart. And uh, <laughs> Coach Paul Peterson of uh, Utah Tech last year at our football media day uh, took some digs at Southern Utah, some friendly digs, but yeah. th there is definitely – a rivalry there. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that and why that rivalry exists? Oh boy. That's, you know, if, if you talk to the old timers, that's as deep as deep can get. They'll talk about back in the olden days when there used to be a, a hatchet that they would play for uh, between the competitions. And it, it really stems back to almost everything. There was a time they would tell stories about when the, the highway was lined with cars from St. George to Cedar city, just for even high school basketball games. So it's the athletic com competition there is is uh, very deep, and that's something that they look to. But again, it's one of those pros and cons because everyone's looking at us saying you better not lose to them, and <laughs> and so you feel that pressure. And you know, Coach Peterson, he's a great guy. He was actually a coach here. I know him, and and I think we'll enjoy some of some of those little rivalries that go on and the the little interactions that our coaches have with each other. I think it'll be fun. I think it's great for both communities. Um, and I think can do nothing but drive the love for athletics in this region. Speaking of the region, you guys are within five hour drive of 20 national parks and monuments. What can, uh, people who maybe don't know so much about the area, what, what can the, what can this university provide in terms of, you know, what's, what's the surrounding areas like? It, it's vast and dynamic. I mean, you're here <laughs> in Cedar city where you get snow during the winter, I always tell people when they come, I'm like, yes, it gets cold. Yes, it snows, but the snow will be off the roads and sidewalks and melted pretty much the next day. So don't feel like you're going to be driving on snow packed roads all the time. When it snows, just stay home if you don't like to drive, <laughs> but you're right. 45 minutes away. We've got St. George where it's not there um, for people that come and, and have just a short time. One of the things we always try to tell them is there is a portion of Zion national park. That's 15 minutes away and just driving up by 15, you don't see it, but it is literally just, yards off of the highway behind some mountains and it's a quick drive you get to see a portion of zion national park and it's amazing um, you just get to see a lot of diverse geographical area um, high elevation mountains low desert mountains and then you get the the towering statues of zion national park the hoodoos of bryce canyon those are some amazing things to go look at and see well one of the things uh, so kendra mentioned five hours from all these national parks you're also in a uh, geographic circle of whack Vegas. Oh, yeah. I, I would have to imagine as far as uh, when we get there in March, 
uh, Southern Utah, I mean, just geographically, did, does that give you some sort of an advantage that your fans can drive over uh, maybe ease, more easily than, uh, than other fans in the WAC? Yeah, I think it does have that potential there, but we still as an institution have to do a good job of making sure uh, that we've aligned ourselves to make that an environment that they want to be at. There are people here that love the aspect that there's so many conference championships that take place in Vegas that we've got fans that go down there anyway just to watch the basketball because they're fans of collegiate athletics. And so I think that does have a great driving force for us to be able to tap into that and make sure that they're coming to support us where in past years, the locations have been a little more difficult for them to get to. Now, as our viewers continue and our listeners learn more about Southern Utah University, what are some traditions or maybe some things you can see if you go to a football game? Is there something that the fans do or something that's always happened that's that's pretty cool or unique uh, to your university specifically? One thing uh, that is unique is just the setting of the football field and the mountains behind. You're going to see a beautiful red mountain off to the east. You're going to see the towering mountain of cedar in contrast to it. And that's all open view from the stadium, uh, which is great. I still, there's one aspect of, of our game days in football that I, I love. And it's started recently when we've added the aviation program. And that's just the flyover that every football game, we've got a flyover of three helicopters that are coming through. Occasionally we'll have Thor drop out the, the football from the helicopter down to the field. And, but that flyover, it's always just fun. It's something that gets everyone excited to hear those helicopters just roar over and the team come running out. Um, that's probably one of my favorite things that go on on our game day. We're definitely excited to see some of those traditions as we get a chance to possibly to go to Cedar City at some point this year. Uh, Todd, also, uh, as I was up in Seattle uh, about a month ago for our track and field championships, talking to people, there was a lot of excitement about the track and field and cross country uh, programs at Southern Utah joining the WAC and how they, they have a chance to really elevate the conference. Tell us a little bit about those programs and, and what they bring to the WAC. Well, I think you're going to see a, a national level caliber teams coming there um, from our cross country programs. Coach Hula has done a fantastic job in, in pushing and getting there and being in a conference where you're competing against the national championship team year in and year out helps. Um, and I'm hoping that he can take what he's learned from that and brings it across to the WAC and helps elevate the competition there. Uh, can't do anything but help in terms of what he's going to be able to bring and the type of level of athlete that he recruits and pulls in. So that's what we're looking forward to is doing that. You know, cross country is one of those where you do have the conference championship, but then you all fall back into your regions and participate in those areas. But I would think that it would be in a, a time where the level of competition in the WAC hopefully will be increased and you'll have student athletes that haven't previously looked at some of those institutions start to look at them just because of who they get to compete against. Now you've made numerous hires over the off season. One of those Delane Fitzgerald will be your new football head coach. What are you excited uh, that he's going to bring to this program for you guys? Oh, what I'm excited about is he's not letting the moss grow under his feet in any aspect. You know, he's, <laughs> he's one of those coaches that you love to have because he's going to push you to become better, not only as a student athlete, but us as an administration. And, and that's, you got to love that because you understand that you have to be working and that they're going to call you out when you need to be called out. And that's not a bad thing. That's, you know, take it with a grain of salt and learn that you're going to, you need to do something that can help them. Um, I'm looking at this and thinking, you know, I want to make his first home game experience one of the best ever. And by doing that, 
I want him to walk off the field knowing that all he had to worry about and all he is ever going to have to worry about here is what takes place on the field from the starting whistle to the finishing horn. And hopefully we can do that for him. Well, Todd, we want to thank you for taking some time out. Congratulations on the new position. And we look forward, to, as I said, to seeing you in Cedar City and maybe around other places in the WAC in the upcoming year. Thank you, Eric. All right, Appreciate that is Todd Brown, the Interim Director of Athletics at Southern Utah University. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.